0: Hey, welcome to the Most Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Kagongo and Mike Munzeneider. On this episode, we'll be talking about Tony Hawk's new pro model burrito, but first, Evan Smith. While DC's been releasing parts from their video Domino in pieces on the Thrasher site, Evan Smith released his own video part, Modern Frequency, sponsored by DC, on the Thrasher site. Patrick, you liked it, but you had mixed
1: feelings too, right? Keyword here is mixed feelings. So, off the rip, Evan Smith is amazing and he's prolific and the unfortunate thing about skating is that uh skating doesn't reward loyalty, loyalty and skating doesn't reward those who are just putting out parts putting out putting out parts except for Ishad Ware because he's on some other level he, he, he's on another level I uh, I think the thing about this part was that the domino was so 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 good and It feels like this would have fit better as a part of Domino as opposed to being a standalone part. And what's frustrating, too, is that I was watching it and I watched it again. And actually ended up falling down a rabbit hole and watched a bunch of his parts. He had a Spitfire part. Um, I watched his Peace part multiple times. Watched a bunch of his Thrasher Raw files. And one thing I noticed was that his skating is awesome. His fits are generally pretty good. His pants game, you know, it's not bad. But there's something missing. I don't really know what it is. And then it kind of hit me, right, is that in most of his parts, he kind of skates to these super nebulous and flowing songs, right? Uh, I'm often reminded of that uh, episode of The Sopranos where Christopher tries to moonlight as a record producer and (laughs) the engineer is yelling at the band. What was their name again? I don't remember. Serious Sopranos heads will remember. Anyway. Anyway. Um, and the engineers yelling is like your songs, they got no choruses. There's no choruses, and that's the thing. His parts are undermined by the fact that there's no, there's no choruses. There's no, there's nothing that immediately makes you think like this beat, this trick. And you compare, let's say, that was he was running up against uh, Tyshawn for Skater of the Year? Was it 2018, right? 2019, right? maybe even, yeah. Yeah, 2018, 2019. And the thing is that look, Tyshawn, my man, skated to blow money fast and knocking on heaven's door. Now I understand that there's <laughs> a huge concern about rights and clearances in skating, but you know, as uh, Junior soprano said, come heavy or don't come at all. and I think I think if he's gonna go psych, go either you know use some like sick like I'm on duel, some like really sick uh, West German psych from the 70s or maybe go for uh, early 90s flaming lips but this kind of mm. I don't really know what this is, you know not quite or
2: psych in quotes, is is not
1: working and it's undermining
2: his, his brilliance so correct me if i'm wrong templeton but a lot of his parts he's skating to his own music or his own band's music
0: certainly certainly in in some of the like probably recent handful of parts he's he's skating a lot to his own music yeah and maybe patrick can speak more to that having watched them more recently than me
1: Mm, not sure offhand. I, I definitely know he is a musician. And it's not necessarily bad to skate to your own music. But sometimes, sometimes you need that extra touch from whoever is sitting down and watching that footage over and over and over and over again. You need that, like an Aaron Meza, for example, you need somebody who's like, I got the song. I watched this footage a thousand times i got the song or i got the yeah. songs to go back to you know to go back to back for this part and it's it's hard it's, it's excruciatingly difficult and there's a lengthy twitter thread about this but again also i actually like his switch hard flip
2: i noticed there were three of those and that was kind of like damn three switch hard flips in 2020 same part they're they're not quite classic switch hard flips i think brandon turner Maybe has the classic switch hard flip, mm-hmm. as discussed previously on this podcast. At a least in the Skate Mafia contest, or context. But yeah, his his skating's amazing, and I think I do agree that, like, kind of the music that only takes you so far, mm-hmm. like, it, it doesn't get you over the hump in terms of, like, putting you in a place where you're actually vibing with the skating. And I think um, this part might be, I have to admit, I haven't actually seen Peace somehow, i don't know if it's out there for free i haven't seen it but this part as far as what he's putting out on thrasher might be actually like one of his best parts just in terms of like i hate to say that i'm looking for straightforward skating out of evan smith but like frontside heel something big no i'm actually transposing video parts kickflip through the through the circle and um backside nose grind gap to 50 50 with evidently 50 people watching like the tricks are really just like high quality high caliber not that complicated and yet yeah, I, I think I'm coming back to Patrick's point it, it, like the music there's no chorus there's no like there's no highs and lows it just keeps chugging along at like 45 miles an hour in the 50 mm-hmm. mile per hour zone.
1: Yeah and what would have actually worked if he was
2: gonna go for that vibe
1: he could have used uh, some music by can or Noi maybe some harmonia or cluster, if that was what he was going for. But it's hard, it's, you know, music supervision for skate videos is, it's almost a dark art, and the song can make or break the part. But going back to my earlier point about how prolific he is, um, you yeah, I think in skating we love Mystique, right? Nobody's interested in, in yeah, I mean, look at Ronnie Krieger, for example, you know? The guy, got, like the guy, was consistently one of the best skaters of his era. But who cares? Because there is there there is no there is no I'd rather there's no Ronnie Krieger equivalent of I'd rather watch Gino push. You know, you almost take it. You know, you take people like that for granted. And it's unfortunate too because what's even more messed up is that I feel like those folks who put out a ton of parts, it almost feels like they don't even get love when they kind of fade from the public eye. Mm. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, I mean, skating is kind of all about restraint. You know, it's
0: like, don't put everything out. Maybe don't flip in and flip out. You know, like, it's about taste and what you present and how you present it. And if you're just, like,
1: barfing it out there, you know, it it loses its um, value. Yeah. You you know who was a master of that? Real talk was the late, great Gabriel Rodriguez. May he rest in peace. That dude always had the best-selling boards on 101 had great selling boards on chocolate. There's, like, not too much footage of him. Uh, if you put together everything from the L.A. boys stuff in the late 80s, early 90s, to um, the Instagram footage and the homie footage from the last couple of years of his life, it's not a lot, but it's enough to make you feel like this guy had it, and he knew how to leave us wanting more, right? And Mariano was, the guy Mariano was, like, on a, a similar trajectory, you know? But Gabriel Rodriguez, Gabriel Rodriguez, at his peak, selling the most boards. Very little footage of the guy. Not not even too many photos. And I don't know. I guess we all we all kind of like that.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's great work if you can get it. But I think it's hard to <laughs> to be that uh, that guy who can establish themselves on you know a handful of tricks and and just like hold it back because you know especially these days I think it's got to be a really hard needle to thread you know with lots of company obligations and instagram and you know just a, a churn of content it's like how how much footage is the right amount and yeah I, I don't know i i feel for for kids these days trying to make it in the skate
2: game yeah <laughs> so much of it is like they're going on these trips and there's not really a barrier for the footage to get out there like I just don't know if we can fully know how much unused Gabe Rodriguez footage there is. Because granted, maybe the video part's like two minutes and there were guys in the chocolate video, Paco, like with longer parts. But at the same time, you know, it, it, it just seems like every clip that is passable gets out one way or another. And then you couple it with all these trips and like... It's a much more professionalized game, if anything mm-hmm. else, than it than it was twenty years ago. So, <laughs> thirty years ago, in some cases, if we're going all the way back to uh, Rodriguez again, but I think of Evan Smith, and it's like the guy is insanely good. He's easily, I mean, the way the parts come out, like he could be a skater of the year person every year. Mm-hmm. Though there is that like, there's that diluted effect that I know we've touched on here before and I know like we were kind of like touching on it just now just where like there's so much footage that all of a sudden it's kind of like yeah whatever like you don't even miss them when they're gone or you know if it goes six months and you don't see a part from them I mean Mm -hmm. Evan Smith has had is it two full parts this year because there was another one earlier on and then Peace was what was that 2019 or I think it was 2019 and 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 speaking to speaking to two things, he almost
1: feels like an odd fit on DC, right? Like he's a little bit too he's a little bit too eccentric for America, right? Right. But the thing is, like his hammers are good. He could be a good fit on Vans, right? Um, and he's too he's like an eccentric trippy dude, right? Which doesn't really fit either Nike or Adidas's brand. Um, so I guess it makes sense that he's on DC, but the thing is that like, I think also DC is kind of being pulled in a couple different directions. And we talked about this a few episodes ago with, you know, I really like them digging deep into their heritage, but there's something about Evan Smith where it's like, he almost has an America vibe, but his, his personality juts out a little too much. Like America is very much like on the squad tip, you know, you know, that's very much like, um, very, 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 you know, sort of tight knit. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think it would have made more sense to fold this part into, fold this into domino. Um, but, you know, DC had other ideas. I, I, I would imagine did. that
0: Evan Smith had other ideas. You know, he seems like a guy who's, has probably strong feelings about what he puts out and how he puts it out and wants to portray a certain vision. And, you know, his vision was a domino vision. I feel like I saw a few clips that were, um, I think he switched tray flipped uh, or he switched healed a double set that modders switch healed in domino. So it's like, okay, like, (laughs) you know, they were on the same session, you know, that was like a domino session, but that clip ended up in
2: this solo part on the tip of just, you know, he's a guy who has opinions and puts out what he wants to put out. Like it struck me early on when Patrick was, was starting out this conversation, I typed it down then during recording Evan Smith is, like, a really self-branded dude in terms of, like, skating to his own music, and, you know, the editing always has kind of a trippy vibe to it, but yeah, it's like, the edits are kind of, yeah, the edits are usually pretty uniform, the music's uniform, you know, he's got this, he's got this caretaken image, that's not exactly the wording I wanted, but I think it does the trick, like, Mm. you know, he's putting out a consistent vibe, and, uh, you know, if we're talking shoes, we should talk board sponsors too. I mean, he's not exactly based on that part, anti hero, you know, pushing up a hill, screaming anti hero by any means. No. he yeah, yeah, uh,
1: Grimple Sticks, right? Which is kind of uh, maybe like a sister brand, I think.
0: Yeah, I think it's like Frank Erwer's deal.
1: Yeah. I don't know what the whole deal is with that, I... whole, like, split up it's almost
0: seemed think... like a joke. I, no, I think they're he's...
1: carving. They're, I think they're carving a lane. And and you know what? Um, you're right. He, you know, maybe he's kind of trying to, maybe he's kind of trying to do what Juicy J did um, after Three Six Mafia more or less broke up. You know, he's like, I'm that stoner trippy dude, right? <laughs> and you know what? If like if he was, you know, basically skating to Juicy J, and 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 he definitely has that party vibe like Juicy J. Um, so there's that. You know what? We're we're watching him ideate in real time, and you know what? He's able to maintain a living. He's uh he survived a pretty gnarly injury too. Uh, what was it? Um, he had a colostomy bag for a hot minute too, which is wild. And he was very hurt when he was filming a lot of this part. And I guess his part from earlier this year. So, you know, we're we're you know, it, it's like it's messy, right? We're seeing whatever he's you know whatever he's cooking. You know, we're seeing it being made in real time and. You know, that's happened for a couple people in in the game. Um, Not everybody gets to leave a company and then go and strike out and do something completely differently. And it's brilliant. Like, not everyone's going to be able to do what Muska did after getting kicked off Toy Machine. And, oh, yeah, update to that uh, uh, a couple weeks ago when y'all were talking about that. It was Goldschlager. And it uh, (laughs) it was because basically while Jamie Thomas was trying to edit the titles to Welcome to Hell... Computer crashed multiple times and they ended up canceling the premiere and Muska was on one. But then he was on Shorties and it was beautiful and what a trajectory. With Evan Smith, it was like him and a, a rack of people all quit Element around the same time, like literally right after Peace, which is kind of, I don't know. I mean, it's one thing if one person does it, but if three or four people all quit a team after a major video part, which is a huge undertaking, a really serious endeavor, you know, Clearly, it's not the individuals; it's the organization. Yeah,
0: I feel like that happened with um, fully flared.
2: You know, yeah, like Alex yeah. Wilson
0: left. Papalardo left. Anybody else leave?
2: Those were the two major French ones. guys. Some of the some of the euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Lucas went to went to Adidas, right? Yep. Yeah, oh. I, I wonder how much uh, contract term, not terminations, but end dates play into that. I'm sure that's mm. like a,
0: a major thing.
2: But then again, you know, it's I want to do something else. <laughs> I've, I've been in this system. I'm thinking very, very NBA National Basketball Association minded right now. But you know, it's like I've been in this system. I've I've, I've played for this coach. It's time to move on. So,
1: well, yeah. Well, skating in that aspect actually has started to. Um has started to mirror the NBA, um, certainly not in terms of paychecks, but in terms of the mentality, Uh, younger pro skaters and pro skaters in general are much, much more business minded now and a lot more serious about their careers. And um, it's partially because the industry is maturing, but then it's also because if you wanna survive, if you wanna be a professional or a sponsored skater for a living, you gotta you gotta be serious about it. You have to be serious about your money. You have to be serious about your sponsors. Uh, you can't just you know you can't just get boards from whoever. And you have to be you. There's I think an, um, we've come to an understanding that you are representing a company. This is not just hey we're sending you some boards and we pay you sometimes. It's oh no I'm a sponsored skater. I'm getting paid to do this. This is happening.
0: Yeah, and maybe we lose a little bit of mystique with that. You know, like it was cool to see you know in the '90s pro skaters riding blank boards for some reason, which I don't really understand. But it was just like, <laughs> you know, very like nonchalant. And like, I don't know, maybe it was like a little too cool for school. Like I wouldn't want to skate my own pro model. Like, oh, who would do that? Yeah. It, I don't was, know. it
1: was cool. It was, it was, um, like you said, it's like it was mystique because, and it was also a sign that you were connected. Because I had a uh, shout out to my buddy Ryan Hant. He came back from LA when he was living out here. He came back to New York with a bunch of Krail tap blanks because he had the hookup, and oh my God, this guy was cool, man. Like he was always good back home, and then he came back from L.A. for summer after freshman year of college. He was skating real nice. He had <laughs> blank trail tap boards because the thing is, you had to have the connect to get those. I mean, you know, these weren't just blank power boards or, or whatever. No, these were blank crail taps. Like you don't you don't got this. So. you you felt cool and uh, and, uh, yeah that ties into mystique
2: yeah i on that on that tip i'm just reminded i heard one story on skate twitter about somebody always trading their boards for chocolate just because they wanted to ride for chocolate and then that reminded me about my buddy chad um he's old enough to have been now i'm just trying to talk shit on chad for being old (laughs) 44 but um he was flowed Planet Earth boards in like 1996, but he'd always uh, he'd always trade them for Girl Boards. Why? No, <laughs> he just really liked Girl sorry. Boards better. <laughs> that's it. It's it's a beautiful story. Yeah, Planet Earth was pretty sick back then, but you know, Girl was still better. True. Yeah. Oh, that's another music again. That was uh, what that was it? Silver was the video that
1: came out, but the uh, the music direction was so. I mean, if you compare, you compare Planet Earth Silver to Rhythm's Genesis. We're still talking about Genesis now because Genesis is kind of considered, first of all, it, it's one of Ty Evans' first great videos. Second of all, because it has so much uh, so much techno, straight up techno, right? Yep. And because of the editing style, it's almost as though like it's the missing link with, uh, you know, it, it's, the, it's the common ancestor between palace and bronze, right? And so it's actually, the video has aged really well, whereas Silver has great skating, um, Joey Bast, Caesar Singh. But who can yeah. remember that video? And it was also one that, it was, it was also a video that, because it didn't stand out, you know, and it came out around the time of, you know, the Holy Trinity of Welcome to Hell trilogy and Mouse. Who was going to remember it? It's, I remember it because the, the box was one of those plastic, like, video
0: uh, yeah, boxes
2: sleeves. Boxes.
0: So it literally stood out on the shelf. Also it was I think that was Ty Evans' first video. So I think you can kind of see some like uh,
2: some inklings of the future in that mm. video. There there was like a little bit of a plot with the in betweens. But you know, when you when you get down to it like Tribe Called Quest and God, all I can think of is first part, whoever that was getting to can i kick it like it was it was like an extremely 1995 1996 video with like yeah no i i I guess (laughs) the point i'm not making very well is yeah i totally agree patrick it's just like outshined by other more visionary videos and it is interesting that yeah ty evans made that and then took a quantum leap and made genesis which is like yeah a fantastic video
1: Oh, it's Joey Bascating to uh, Tribe Called Quest phony rappers, which actually—oh my god! Like, which is a song that uh, Andre 3000 sneak dissed in Rosa Parks by Outkast when he says, mm-hmm. uh, "My favorite group ain't coming with it." Huh. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, when. On one hand, is like Dilla was in the picture with Tribe at the time, okay. but uh, they were starting. They were really starting to lose steam, um, which is a whole. You could have a whole other podcast about that and. Don't even get me started on De La Soul, who are still not available on streaming. And so there's a whole generation now that is just missing out.
2: Dude, I got to say Beats, Rhymes, in Life was actually my first Tribe album because they were giving them away for free at CalSurf, the skate shop that I went to back when. Yeah. And I actually, I think I like walked in the house and my brother saw like the free whole album. I picked it up off the counter at the skate shop, Beats, Rhymes, in Life. He's like, Tribe Called Quest? I hate them. And so, of course, I had to then <laughs> like them. And, like, yeah, I mean, it's not their worst album because there's the love movement. But um, <laughs> I definitely was like, oh, hell yeah, I like Tribe. And yeah. My, 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 yep. my buddy had, like, a 88 Red Civic Hatchback 212s. And we rode around listening to that album, like, early skate years. So it's wow. special. But, yeah, it's not that good. No, it's not that good. Compared
1: to the first three, good God. The first
2: three, that's a trifecta.
1: Yeah, so good. But uh, back to Evan Smith. I don't know. You you know, it's like I actually really appreciate – I appreciate this dude's stubbornness and his single-mindedness on the direction that he's taking his skating and his graphics and his general vibe because I think he's kind of reminding – you know, maybe he's kind of like
2: um, – he's reminding us don't take yourself too seriously. It's just skateboard. There is a lot of excellence to be had in, like, I forget all the circumstances, but like maybe a Wally late shove it over a parking lot gate. And there is that kind of like whimsy slash weird slash this is really hard and you're not even going to think about doing it at this spot. Like, he's got that good mix. And I would say, like, this is probably one of the more straightforward parts that he's put out. Yeah. At least in a while. Yeah,
0: totally. Switch flip over the hubba, just big backside 180 over the double stack tables. Yeah, it was a little a little pared back from typical Evan Smith,
2: which I I really appreciate. One trick that I really appreciated, he's going backside toward a gap, but then he kick flips it blindside into a bank. It's like this weird ditch spot that was especially cool. Evan Smith also
1: he he gives me the vibes of. Friends of mine at college, like he, he, he's, you know what? Something tells me he's really fun in the van that, you know, you don't get to go on all these trips if you are a pain to be around. And number two, something tells me that if I was a younger man and we were all hanging out, like he would be the guy who would show up with not one, but two thirty right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. He, but, he wants the homies having fun too. Yeah. Like more than enough beer to hang. Like, and does the, like you don't have to ask him if he's coming over it's just like, yo, I'll be there you know shows up on time is enthusiastic <laughs> and you're you're thinking just like it doesn't matter what happens tonight we're gonna have a good time evan's hanging out so salute to you evan <laughs> something tells me you are that he, he, he's that he's definitely that homie yeah shout out evan smith
2: the next thing he needs is a like a food sponsor for yeah. sure
0: uh by the time you hear this tony hawk's pro model burrito will be gone not because i ate it which i actually <laughs> did uh but because it was only available for a week Hawk teamed up with Chipotle for a PR move nobody saw coming. A burrito to promote a video game. <laughs> the burrito came with codes for a demo to the new slash old Tony Hawk Pro Skater game. Mike, did you manage to get a taste of Tony?
2: I did not manage to taste Tony, but I don't begrudge his hustle. Yeah, I, th- I think the the, the selling out ship has sailed. Um, like, it's ridiculous that Tony Hawk was doing, what, a lean fakie on his own vert ramp with a skateboard that had a graphic that had his burrito recipe on it.
0: I thought that was amazing. I think it would be super sick if Birdhouse actually sold that as a graphic.
2: Oh, I hope they do. I hope they do. Yeah, I I just... I I have no objections to this judge. Um, It's just... It's kind of the world that we live in. It's the logical outcome of Tony Hawk being Tony Hawk. So he's going to work with Chipotle to sell burritos when he's reissuing his 20-year-old video game that, like, I think it's still hard for probably people of our age because we're just, like, a little older than it. Like, mm-hmm. I know, Templeton, you never played it. Patrick, did you play the video game? Nope,
1: by respect, the man's hustle.
2: Yeah, so, like, I'm the only, you know, we're all thirty late thirty something and up on this episode. But like I think it's hard for us to really understand how much of a, a role that played in so many like people just a couple years younger than ours live. So yeah, I think it all makes sense. And if the East Side Food Co op, my local, is listening, I will definitely ride for you. Uh if you need to sponsor some skaters. I don't know. Where 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 are we going with this, you guys? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, while them. we're
0: shouting out uh, prospective sponsors, I'm basically open to almost any food sponsor. I'm not vegan or anything, so. Any? It's wide open. Well,
1: <laughs> I'll entertain offers from anybody. What about the local butcher? Stuff. Just like. Yeah, just like, for like, sure. Like, yeah, when I'm looking at a barbecue after a session, I go to Frank's, and he hooks it up. What's up, Frank? <laughs> yeah, Frank, hit me up. Actually, that'd be a, that'd be a great box, because imagine if you got a box, like, so, for example, you have, um, you have food co-ops, right, that do delivery boxes uh, of, of local, uh, locally grown fruits and vegetables, right? The um, CSA box. Imagine if you were getting that. Oh, dude. And you're getting free boards, free shoes, right? Actually, man, you, you, that could be, not only would it be incredibly healthy, think of how much money you would save. Because we always hear those, I love Jason Dill's whole, like, living off of ramen and Kool-Aid right? (laughs) Imagine if you were getting a box every week, fresh corn, squash, kale, you know, you go and buy yourself some really cheap brown rice, you'd be good to go. Like this might be, this might be a lane and it it probably needs to, it it needs to happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, we need to get these skate agents hustling, uh, you know, craft food or whatever. (laughs) I, I know, um, you know, we're listing, uh, all the different skaters and their food sponsors. But um,
1: Cody Lockwood had an acai bowl sponsor, Whoa. a local, uh, local place here in Portland. He, he could just roll up and just be like, yo, let me get the usual, just put down his card. Kind of like, oh, does Tony Hawk get the Chipotle free burritos for life card? He
0: does. Wow. In the in the Chipotle press, press release, let me uh, pull that up. And, and
2: while you're at it, could you read off the ingredients in that? in that burrito it wasn't that bad it wasn't like i was gonna give birdman props for not having that corn salsa in there because that is an abomination
0: yeah it, it's not too bad the tony hawk burrito is made with brown rice black beans chicken tomatillo red chili salsa cheese and guac yeah that's a that's, solid, solid yeah. pretty decent burrito and in <laughs> in the press release it says tony hawk has been a chipotle celebrity card holder an exclusive, member tier, an exclusive membership tier afforded to famous friends of the brand that grant recipients free meals and catering since 2013. All so, right. So he's, he's almost paying off a debt by doing that lean fakie. <laughs> See, <laughs> to me, I, I, think it? it's a, I think it's a symbiotic relationship because this is a promo for the video game. Oh, yeah. So and, it, and it makes what? me wonder if, if money exchanged hands at all, if it was like... I do you a favor, you do me a favor, we call it a good. We call it
1: good. I know Tony definitely, I mean, he did his master class of skateboarding, but honestly, um, and I know that there's not too many folks in skating getting money like this, but Tony needs to open some kind of skate university and start just doing seminars on how to finesse the game and get paid because he's been doing it for a long time. He's been yeah. getting that money. And I'm, I was surprised about I was kind of surprised about Chipotle because, you know, he lives down in San Diego County, right? And mm. there's some of the best burritos you will ever have down there. Especially like a California burrito, which is a burrito with French fries in it. It is amazing. It's the best thing ever.
2: Transcendent.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, just like, wait, my man is going to Chipotle? And it reminded me of this. It was an MTV Day in the Life and it was Blink-182. And they were going around, where are they from again? Poway or somewhere like North San Diego County, right? Wherever they're from. And it showed them going to Taco Bell, and you'd swear they were teenagers. They were so hyped. It was like, yeah, we're gonna go to Taco Bell. And we're gonna get a bunch of tacos. I was like, y'all have some of the best Mexican food anywhere in the northern hemisphere, and y'all are going to Taco Bell. That said, Taco Bell does serve a purpose, but yeah, it's just it's surprising, especially as you know someone grew up in the tri-state area, you know, New Yorker like. If I have the option between delicious, amazing, you know, like a, from a pizza from a local pizzeria, I'm definitely going to choose that over Domino's or Little Caesars or Sbarro or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah, but your local pizza joint
0: doesn't have the bag that, you know, a Domino's or Zabaro has. So I, I would imagine that the Blink-182 Taco Bell trip might have been a calculated effort to get a Taco Bell sponsorship.
2: I mean, that, that uh, Chipotle, oh. Chipotle what? tinfoil card, I'm trying to think what the appropriate, it's like the guac card, it's green. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's the most expensive thing, pound for pound, on their menu. That Chipotle card works nationwide, you know? It's not like yeah. um, your, your your corner pizza joint that might have the best slice in the city, but it's oh, only- What if they got
1: an ill t-shirt, though? What if they, because yeah. there's look, what, Scar's Pizza, for example, in Manhattan,
2: they, they got a great t-shirt. Does Chipotle even do soft goods? There could I feel be a like lane. They'd be
0: missing, they'd be missing uh, some money there if they weren't.
2: But I mean, maybe... you get that like kinda like mexico looking sculpture dude they got all over the place? A little outline. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the other thing is that so Taco Bell also
1: had a pro or I guess it's had, because nobody's touring right now, they had a program called Feed the Beat. And you could if you were selected for it, they would send you gift cards, right? And you would post. And if your band is on tour, you'd go and you get Taco Bell with the, with these prepaid cards. And a few of my friends have done it. My friend's band Tennis System has used it a ton. Like they're hyped on it. But I'm thinking to myself, Taco Bell, a handful of people in a van with questionable circulation. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you're you're paying for that uh,
0: free Taco Bell one way or another.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody rides
0: for free. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, there was, um, you know, the, like, you know, regarding the idea of, of selling out, you know, incomes in the United States have been stagnant since the mid-1970s, right? right. And what's really difficult in skating is that money has always been an issue. Uh, epically later, we see the same story over and over again. You know, I was barely making ends meet. I was hot for a hot second. And then, you know, now I'm broke again. Or I had to find some other way to make money. And what's really sad about it is that, you know, there's no social safety net here. And, you know, got, it, skating is, you know, being a professional skater is dangerous and it's time consuming. And, you know, if you want to do it well, you can't really afford to have a side hustle or another job. People do it because, it, uh, they're because of absolute necessity. But if you really want to get to that next level, you have to, you know, go all in, as they say. And how are you going to do that when you have a job that requires you to be there, even like part time, right? Because those extra shifts, you know, that could be, so, you know, a filmer could be calling and be like, yo, I got a spot for us to go to. I'm trying to get some stuff for a video. You, you're trying to do this. And you're like, oh, no, I can't. You know, I have X to do. I have this report to do, or I'm screening shirts, or I'm delivering food, or uh, I'm working in a call center, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, and that's, that's tough. And so, you know, these, you know these very high-profile sponsorships, especially from food companies, are you know they're filling a gap. They're filling a they're they're filling a financial gap, unfortunate. Um, and what are you know what are we going to do about it? Um, just within skating, because it's not like everybody can afford to pay their riders more.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, I feel like get this money like for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think also like. There's a lot of like hand wringing and pearl clutching about like selling out and what's this going to do to the industry and all this shit. And like for me, the skateboard industry is not skateboarding. Skateboarding is you and your friends going out having fun, it's watching clips on YouTube, it's like all that shit. And you know, if whatever board brand or pro skater or whatever is doing whack shit, that really doesn't have anything to do with your enjoyment of, you know, a granite ledge down the street
2: which is always mm-hmm.
0: going to be fucking rad.
2: Thank you, because that conversation has been going on for 20 years, and yet we've never ruined skating. Continue, please.
1: No.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I mean, is there... like I would honestly... I, I think, and I'm seeing this in the show notes, probably the most controversial sponsor is not a food sponsor. It's going to be energy drinks.
0: Yeah, which have like weaseled their way in, and it's like, you know, we we grumble a little bit about your Red Bulls and monsters and whatever, but you know we kind of accept it and i remember Nigel did a thing with lance mm-hmm. snack crackers yeah. which you know he got shit for but i was like fuck it man like i would love to have some lance snack crackers out on the sesh <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah. like hook it up give me the, send me the box yeah well the, the thing is the reason why uh, the reason why energy drinks have really been allowed a place within skating is the same reason that they've been allowed a place within the music industry it's because they've used their money to hire the best and brightest from those respective industries. And then those people are given an amazing amount of freedom to get in touch with uh, their networks, to use their networks to basically market an energy drink, but then also put out records, put bands on tour on the music side. And then in skating, uh, put together contests that pay really well, fly their riders all around the world. And it's, That's the reason why that's the reason why there's almost like a sort of a, you know, that's why all of a sudden it's just like, wait a minute, he's been hanging out here the whole time, you know, like, you know, you ever go and you're hanging out with people, you're at a party, something like that. I know that's forever ago. And you're just like, (laughs) you know, it's like, wait, he he was rolling with us the whole time. It's like, yeah, dude, that's the homie.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I think of um, Jack Olson. So he's from here, Minneapolis, St. Louis Park, Minnesota, actually, a, a first ring suburb. But, you know, he's he's pro for real. Mm -hmm. And he's incredibly great at skateboarding, though, like he I don't think he's full on vans. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: He wears vans, but I don't think he's, you know, a listed guy. So, you know, who knows what the paycheck situation with that is? He also rides for Rockstar. And Mm -hmm. one of the parameters, as far as I can tell from watching his Instagram feed, and I haven't seen the videos for a little while, at least as far as I can remember. So, you know, I think he's on there still. He makes... A rock star clip straight to Instagram. Skating, shows him drinking a reb. Or excuse me, <laughs> drinking a rock star. You can keep that in Templeton because I think that that kind of speaks, speaks to volumes. the Situation, but yeah, he he posts the rock star IG clip once a month. There is some mirth, I think, or you know, just kind of kind of. You can watch the clips and know that it's like, all right, I'm 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 hitting my quota. I am to the letter of the contract fulfilling it and this is skating you know he's doing good tricks at a, at a skate park but you know he fulfills all that and i think it lets him be a pro skater you know who doesn't necessarily have the backing of what shall we call it yeah core brands core big brands that are going to pay be it events mm-hmm. or whatever and you know I think it's I think more people like pursuing pro skating just because that seems like a dope lifestyle, and if it can be a little bit more comfortable, maybe they don't have to work that part time job or whatever. Like I think it's a it's it's a net benefit for all of us just because like I don't know happiness is that intangible, but like the m- more people are happy, the m- more better we are. So um, with that eloquent rundown, uh, I'll just say like I really have no qualms about anybody getting non-endemic sponsors maybe there's some qualifications but i'd need specifics you know it's just like let people like pursue what they want to do even if yeah yeah there 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 are qualifications but by and large it's not
1: our it's not our duty to police their behavior and we also are not required to buy any of the products uh with their names on it um if this person rides for jones soda um, I don't have to buy their board. I don't have to watch their clips. Um, you know, we have a, a just as much choice as consumers as they, they do as professional skaters. Um, I think where it gets interesting, though, is what about, for example, um, I think it was Carl Watson had a brief sponsorship, I believe, with Black & Decker, which I thought was really, really mm. dope. Because skaters, we, you know, most of us have know our way around a, a toolbox, Right. And I was picturing a lane opening up because, you know, you think about uh, big time Hessians, like, say, Wade Speyer, right? Or uh, <laughs> Hobel right? You know, you can see like a Mack Trucks. You know, you could see somebody just chilling in an ad with you know, their board at their feet, standing in front of like a backhoe or a bulldozer or something like that. It would be lit, right? Um, I'm not sure if anything really ha- came of that. I think it was maybe like they hooked up Carl with, uh, with some gear, which is, hey, a few thousand dollars worth of uh, power tools yo that like that's a come up that's a come up but maybe (laughs) maybe we have to start asking ourselves you know what point does this have anything to do with but then like i mean you know then we start going into like remember like the gizmos ads from uh, world Industries way 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 back when and just saying like there's only a handful of companies that make wheels anyway what 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 difference does it make
2: yeah i think like i think everybody's it, it's so funny, and maybe I don't have the perspective just because I'm old now, but, you know, we all wanted to get sponsored. We all wanted to get free shit because of skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And so, like, like where where's the hard line to be drawn, like, when it comes to the free shit that you accept and that you won't accept? Burritos, tools, energy drinks, beer. I mean, like, everybody—I feel like a skater has gotten just about anything under the sun— free because of skateboarding
1: oh uh Kostin, wasn't constant like getting like uh he was like doing like it was like a Bud- budweiser partnership uh, during the during the super bowl right
0: yeah i feel like Sean maybe Malto? a handful of uh yeah. skaters got a budweiser
2: sponsored trip to the super bowl yeah i know st oh, the- uh, it, it, louis but not budweiser like uh randy plesser was doing stuff with a local brewery there like a micro brew so mm-hmm. I mean, there you you start to get into some
1: some murky waters because you have to remember that it's a lot of young kids who are reading skate magazines and, you know, consuming skate content. And then you really have to ask yourself the question about, like, are we explicitly starting to market uh, alcohol or maybe even like uh, this doesn't happen anymore because the, you know, the tobacco industry is nowhere nearly as powerful as it was 30 years ago. Um, you have to start asking, you know, questions about, you know, do we really, really want this being marketed to kids? And there's that knife company, for example, uh, that has a few skaters, uh, yeah, you know, Kershaw, Kershaw. Yep. and there was a big, uh, there was a big to do about them having events in the UK because you all know there's a huge epidemic of knife crime. There's been an epidemic of knife crime in the UK for the last two decades. It's really, really bad. And they said like this is straight up irresponsible. How are you going to have these guys talk about like oh this is my, my cool knife and <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's here in the u.s it's very much a regional thing i remember one time um i was about to go into a show with a friend and we were waiting in line and we were just you know just cool and then he's just like oh snap i was just like what what he's just like yo let me get the keys to your car real quick and then he goes back and comes back and so it turns up he had uh, a blade on him right like not like you know we're 30 something year old men here it's like he's not out there he wasn't coming in to do some damage it's just like his very large work knife is <laughs> not something that is normally carried into into nightclubs cl- in los angeles
2: <laughs> in right. parts of
1: texas where he's from yeah that's cool so yeah. I, I think that there is there, there in some cases there might be a line to be drawn when you start talking about uh weapons uh or or, or drugs whatever I, I mean like even like the weed thing right like yeah i feel real weird about the weed sponsorship stuff and like
0: the CBD, yeah. like,
1: is that fucking snake oil? Like I definitely. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, by all means get your paper and by all means smoke weed, right? But what's weird about it is that, you know, the you know the, the cannabis industry is still a murky one. And the fact that there are still uh, millions of brown and black people locked up, right? For seriously minor weed charges, minor possession charges, right? um it doesn't it's difficult to square that with people saying that i want to get sponsored by this uh, boutique weed brand for somewhere up in norcal again though i have choice you know i have uh, agency in my decision making i don't have to consume that and i don't have to you know i don't have to i don't have to participate i have choice in that but again you know it, it's you you're going into you're going into interesting waters there right i mean skating has always had there's always been a weed connection to skating you could do a whole Stoner episode about uh you know just skaters and weed, but in terms of like sponsorship, we don't like we don't even have much insight into what those sponsorships look like. You know, are you just getting are you just getting the hookup when you go to your dispensary? I feel like I heard that
0: Weed Maps would like just like send people weed and like yeah go on trips. And, like, <laughs> it was like a trip to Hawaii where like it was the whole team you know in some epic beach house smoking weed all day and shit. they had like had a private chef and i don't know i'm sure there was a, some paychecks uh, associated with that too i guess
2: private, so. private <laughs> chef has piqued my interest most um and a mini ramp and a mini ramp okay yeah yeah private chef and a mini ramp and i'm more on, <laughs> i'm more on the beer sponsor side than the weed sponsor one one thing that i think both of you guys just kind of like touched on is the opacity of so many sponsorship deals in skateboarding. Like, we don't actually know what anybody's getting. And granted, you know, that happens across the board. Like, Instagram influencers aren't putting out the terms of their contracts. But, you know, you do get into, again, like, going back to the NBA basketball. Like, you kind of do have a handle on what LeBron James billion dollar lifetime contract with nike or you know whatever whatever that number might be if i misremembered it you know there's the higher up you get there's there's a little clarity on what the terms of these agreements are and i think that helps you understand and put it into perspective but yeah there's there's definitely that those known unknowns within skateboarding that that Mm do do you know do make it more complicated and yeah we'll walk back like my get your money thing because i I do agree patrick like there are products where okay what message are we putting out to younger people what are we portraying as something that's wholly acceptable and good and a role model activity so um yeah thanks for bringing that up
1: well even though skaters are not you know skaters are not just like entertainers are not and should not be considered immediately considered as role models. But the unfortunate thing is uh, that's, you know, they've been assigned that role by society because of uh, a number of different reasons. Right. Um, Because of basically what I'm saying is that, you know, you're a role model and it's not necessarily by choice. It's a bit like being an older sibling. Like I'm I'm the eldest of of four boys. Right. So whatever it is I was doing when I was younger You know, even if I'm just like, they don't have to look up to me. Why, don't you know, look up to my dad, look up to my uncles, you know, look up to the other, you know, other grown, you know, other grown men. But nah, they, they look at you, right? Whether you like it or not. It's the role that was, you know, assigned to you. And yeah, I don't know. And also, I think what's also we have to take into consideration is that pro skaters are getting older, right? Like there's skaters are having longer careers. So with when you as you get older, as you all know, you get, you know, grown folk, responsibilities what Calvin and Hobbes called adult situations like you know paying <laughs> bills and worrying and you know picking things up and running errands stuff like that and you know that ain't cheap too <laughs> true yeah I, I feel like you know? ultimately it just boils
0: down to like the individual and what they you know how much they can stomach as far as their like personal integrity and the size of the paycheck. You know, I, I think there's a lot of pro skaters out there with sponsors, you know, with bearing sponsors who are riding Swiss that don't that don't ride for Swiss. You know, Swiss are just like the best bearings. But if you know Reflex is willing to give me 500 bucks a month, you know, I'll shoot an ad for him every once in a while and throw that sticker on my board.
1: <laughs> I mean, we can we could have a you can you have a whole conversation about that. Wasn't yeah, Brian Anderson was like, wasn't he just buying anti-hero boards for a minute? Like, even when he was on Girl?
0: I know he was riding, like, the, the like, bigger, shapier boards
2: while he was on Girl, I think. Mm-hmm. Drastically yeah, pretty, different pretty boards, at least for, for a while there. When I was truly scrutinizing skateboard decks when I worked at their shop.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to fall down that rabbit hole of shapes and... Uh, wheelbase like it's stuff i had never paid
2: attention to as a teenager nor in my early 20s now i'm just like i'm just like mm. oh i might have uh when familia skate shop here was not operating due to looting I mm-hmm. definitely ordered uh or ordered a baker board from another upstanding midwest shop and uh yeah i thought i knew the shape I, I had the shape down and Baker, Baker changed his shape without me knowing it. So <laughs> had to trade that guy all as yeah. well though. Yeah.
1: Um, who was it? Like I remember I had a Gino Ianucci chocolate in high school. Uh, it was the portrait board, which had a really bulbous nose. Hmm. Uh, which was super weird at the time because I really liked the the flat, super flat like, you know, Javante Turner shapes. Super chill, right? And I feel like that's the kind of board I would want to skate now. But I don't even know who still makes a shape like that. Because now it's just, like, people making, like, very bulbous nose. And then, like, a super kind of, um, not a normal tail. It's, like, it's almost squared off. and
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that the, the, the kind of pointier thing, like, more streamlined, a little pointier, mellow. That's what mm-hmm. I was expecting with the Baker. Nowadays, you can find it with real, not so much any of those other deluxe, but, like, bareback generator i never know what their oh, the, name the, actually is the,
1: the full uh it the full shape those are really 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 nice
2: yeah
1: that's that's really really nice i haven't tried the ishad the equal nose and tail but i think that's
2: i think that's next because ishad is is the man i think the twin tip is way too chaotic for me why why <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just 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 knowing one way is straight, one way is forward. That that's the order that I need in this world of chaos. I think I'm with you, Mike. I need I need a
0: like an arrow to follow. Like, yeah, if, if my board's never backwards, does it ever feel forward? Does it ever feel right? I don't know. And I'm not willing to try. You know, I've got got my killing floor board that I like, and I'll just like I'm just gonna keep getting that board until I find some reason to not but how many of those
2: stick. have you ridden
0: uh i don't know i'm probably like a year and a half deep into riding those boards so
2: it's how safe many? to say
0: how yeah how many oh uh maybe four okay so i'm skating as it. much as i should mm. to wear out boards faster
2: you're stoked on yeah. it is it safe, uh, to okay.
0: say? safe to say i'm stoked on that shape of the killing floorboard eight and a quarter wide which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Patrick, what are you stoked
1: on this week? So I am stoked on stretches uh, provided by Dr. Kyle Brown, who's on Instagram. Really, 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 really great. Uh, it's basically free physical therapy. Follow the dude. He, he's got tips. Um, I'm stoked on the DIY near my house, even though I got rocked by it earlier this week. Uh, I'm going to go back tomorrow night. Um, some folks have been quietly doing some work, and it's actually looking really, really cool. And it's a very, very short drive—like five-minute drive from my house. It's really nice, good place to kind of
2: unwind after work. Uh, Mike, what what you stoked on? I'm stoked on a couple things this week. After taking a week off from the podcast, comma last week. Um, so in the new Ben Chardon—is that the right pronunciation, Patrick? You're the French. Oh, major? Chardon. It's Chardon. Uh, Chardon. Yes. New Ben Shadorn edit. You get Nick Stain in Moscow opening line, doing just a big front side turn like on granite floor, and he's going so fast that there's like you can't push. You can't. You just gotta. You just gotta lean in your trucks. So it's not a kick turn. It's a. It's just a big turn. I was really stoked on that, cause. I feel like I've been there. And then just the fact that Nick Stane is this sui generis skater. I don't think you could explain why he is such like a one of a kind person on a skateboard to like the laity to the non skater or even like a young skater. Like, I don't know if they get it. I remember not getting Keith Huffnagel because, again, that dude is one of a kind. Nobody else skates like them. Those two dudes. I was I was hemming and hawing on Reese Forbes, but I think there's 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 dudes on that guy's level. Stoked on that. Also stoked on. I realized tonight as I was doing laundry and listening to some music, Outcast Aquemini, which is I decided some late summer vibes in terms of um, it's hot, it's ultimate August music. The sunshine comes in at a weird angle, and Aquemini is kind of like this weird techno future weird angle on like an outcast album i like it a lot i'm going on because i haven't been on the podcast i also love <laughs> bell and sebastian's takes on summer music um they're the opposite of a Quimini in terms of like Can <laughs> yes they are maybe maybe polarly but bell and sebastian basically has two songs about summer that really stick out in my mind i know where the summer goes a summer wasting i know where the summer goes notes that like your kitchen looks like shit when the summer has gone too long and it's too hot. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm on those vibes. Aquemini, Bell and Sebastian. And last but not least, I got to give props to Dame Lillard. He's been absolutely going nuts. He he, he skates for the Portland Trailblazers. He's a point guard. And the other night against the Mavericks, he hit a game ceiling three-pointer that, like, hit the rim coming straight down and then bounced no fewer than a dozen feet in the air and went straight through the hoop. For some reason, my kid wasn't going to bed. My wife was in the room and I was tripping and then she was tripping. And then my daughter said, Dame lizard. And (laughs) I legitimately think that was a joke she was trying to make because she's funny like that. And so like the NBA restart has just been awesome in terms of like, God damn it, I'm not thinking about everything else. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: It, it's it's been a li- it's been a lifesaver and like Trailblazers have been in a tear. Shout out to Mello the God. Mellow the God. But yeah, you're dude, you're, you're totally right. Like the NBA is like, how is it like because baseball ain't doing it, football's not gonna do it? College football, forget about it. There's gonna be no college football this year, but basketball.
2: Basketball. Basketball. They they went all in. They're like, okay. We're not gonna we're not gonna fuss around. We're sealing like 350 dudes at Disney World. And as I speak, Dame Lillard just uh, he's trying to win out against the the Brooklyn Nets. This is Thursday night. He just hit like four feet in over half court. He just walked up and hit a three pointer to like because they're behind. The NBA is doing it because the NBA had to do it, and all these other other brands don't want to do it that much. Or
1: they can't. They can't. Baseball. I think we talked about this last week. Baseball. Nobody's got the juice that LeBron has. Baseball. No there's, way. Not a single, there's not a single. There's not a single major league baseball player who could get on the phone with the union or get on the phone with every single captain, every major player, and be like, "Yo, this is what we're going to do." You know, LeBron was instrumental in that. You know, LeBron. Like when he called and he called you on your personal line, he wasn't calling your agent. LeBron oh, was just yeah. like, "Yo, you're coming to Florida this year. We're doing this. You know, you do this, you're going to save America." He's just like, <laughs> I'll see you at the airport. <laughs> I'm serious. Like I think but, I think Le- LeBron has the gravitas to and, and the respect of a lot of his teammates and of the owners, and like it's paying dividends because like baseball is sad and like again college football like dog college football is not going
2: to happen. The 2020 2021 season, it ain't happening. I mean the the, the good thing is that those young people, those young men they're agitating like they're uh, we're seeing this as an opportunity to actually get some right so backing every single one of those young like courageous people
1: yeah it's just like I'm, I'm not trying to die like it's like NCAA I'm not even getting a check <laughs> it's one thing if there's a couple mil on the table but you know you're not even getting a check and it's not even like I get to go to college and hang out and have fun no it's just like it's it's wild especially um having gone to a d1 school shout out shout out the terps um you know college basketball college football is crazy but especially college football and i was and maryland was in the acc at the time you know you go back you know you go into the midwest and into the deep south where college football is king where like that's that's it you know that's like that runs the show you know and the amount of the whole economy that's built around it, I mean,
2: people are gonna be hurting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hundreds of millions of dollars lost at these uh, various spots.
1: Think about the people who, who make money off of folks parking on their lawn during game days, <laughs> or selling popcorn, selling food, you know, or just like, you know, you think about the, the local weed man at whatever college in the Midwest <laughs> or the Deep South, you know, he, he, he ain't eating either <laughs> uh, Tough
2: out there for everybody not much to be stoked on about that for the local weed man but templeton what are you stoked on
0: uh i am stoked on a random 1989 profile of vision skateboards founder brad dorfman uh it's in the la times and at the time, Vision had 700 employees and was pulling in $60 million a year. I was kind of fucking blown away by it. And I, I stumbled across it because I was going to make some joke on Twitter in response to Kanye's uh, ripoff of the Vision Streetwear logo. And uh, <laughs> I was just, like, confirming that Brad Dorfman was the, like, guy behind Vision. And then I found this thing, and I just read this whole profile and didn't even make my joke so it was, it's, it's that good it's good enough to halt a twitter joke in its tracks <laughs> that's it for our show this week be sure to check mostly skateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes until then you can keep up with us all week
1: online patrick where can the people find you uh you can find me on twitter at colonel k speaks or you can find me on Instagram, at PKgongo.
2: Mike, where can the people find you on the digital tip? Ooh, digital tip. I am on both Twitter and Instagram under the same handle, at M. Munzenrider. Templeton, what's your digital tip? <laughs>
0: uh, you, you can find me on the digital tip uh, on Twitter, at Mostly skate and on Instagram, at Mostly skateboarding. We'll see you guys next week.